Hello there, and welcome to episode 7 of the Baseball Ramble Podcast. Today, not going to be particularly fun. Some of the topics we're talking about, mostly coronavirus-related news, considering the outbreak with the Miami Marlins. We'll get onto that later. We're also going to be talking about some injuries that are going to affect the game to some, some uh, staff aces, some minor transactions, players that I'm impressed with so far. I'm going to give you four players I think you should keep an eye on. And I have an interview with popular Instagram account STL Sports Central, the biggest guest I've had so far with over 80,000 followers on Instagram. Very impressive. We're going to take a deep dive into the St. Louis Cardinals season later on in the podcast. But first, we have to get to the big baseball news of the day, and that is obviously the outbreak that has struck the Miami Marlins. It's very worrying for the game, to say the least. Uh, over, or Not over, about half of the Marlins roster has tested positive for COVID-19, Two days ago, we knew only about four of them had tested positive. Then we learned about 11 of them have tested positive yesterday. And now that number is all the way up to 15. The Marlins, uh, it's it's not great. And we've seen reports that it's possibly one player was not being careful. We don't know who it is. We're not going to speculate about that. That's a pretty big accusation to make. But... The Marlins are in a pretty rough shape right now. I don't know if they're going to just not play or if they're going to bring in half or 15 people from their alternate training site and basically play a double-A team. I have no idea what's going to go on. Though, some good good news is that uh, on a conference call with MLB owners, they did not discuss canceling the season. It's not being considered... And they believe the Marlins, they're hoping the Marlins will continue to play later down the line. So this has caused three or four games to be canceled, or not canceled, postponed in the last two days. We saw the Yankees-Phillies game and the Marlins-Orioles game get postponed to a later date yesterday. And then we already know the Yankees-Phillies will be postponed once again today. But we have not received, I've received conflicting reports about the Orioles-Marlins being postponed. By the time you guys are listening to this, you'll know whether it's postponed or not. Because the game will start before this podcast is uploaded. I'm not really sure. Now, in case you're wondering, obviously the Orioles-Marlins aren't playing because the Marlins are the team with the outbreak. You may be wondering why the Phillies and Yankees are not playing that is because the Phillies were just playing the Marlins. They don't want to risk anything. Though good news is that the Phillies team has been completely... All of the people have been tested and they received zero positive tests back, which is amazing news. Let's hope the Yankees and Phillies can get um, on track tomorrow. And the current plan is for the Marlins and Orioles. They were originally going to play in Miami. They were going to fly over to Baltimore and play there. Um... And I'm, I'm receiving breaking news right now. Um, 
The Marlins season paused as MLB plots scheduling modifications is the notification I just got. I'm going to try to read this as I talk. But it looks like the Marlins 2020 campaign has been paused according to Craig Mish of SportsGrid. That development is part of an apparent effort on the part of Major League Baseball to tweak its schedule to account for the breakout of COVID-19 cases within the Miami organization. With the Phillies also sidelined at least for the short term, the league is left with two teams out of action. It's considering a plan to match up those two organizations' previously scheduled opponents, the Yankees and Orioles, in order to keep logging as many games as possible. While the Philadelphia organization doesn't have any new positive tests to worry about, it recently took the field against the Marlins. The Phils will be held back for at least some time as a result. Uh, it looks like the Phillies are actually going to take... to today wednesday and thursday off and resume playing on friday against the blue jays so we're not the marlins campaign has been paused i don't even know what exactly what that means they just are done are they as are the marlins basically dropping out of the 2020 season uh i am i don't i can't really speculate too much i don't this has obviously never happened before but Either the Marlins, I you, you can't the Marlins can't go like two weeks without playing and say, oh, we're gonna make up all ten games we missed. We, what are they gonna play like eight doubleheaders within a month? Like, I don't know. This is gonna be very interesting to watch. I actually was planning on I, this is Tuesday afternoon that I'm recording right now. I originally was supposed to play uh, record Monday night right after my interview with Hayden. Um... But I wanted more answers regarding the Marlins coronavirus um, outbreak, but it's only gotten more mysterious. I don't know what a campaign being paused even withholds. Um, very, very interesting stuff. I can only hope that the Marlins and the Phillies are doing as well, like very well. And it seems like the Yankees and, uh, and Orioles are going to play each other now instead of the Orioles facing the Marlins and the Yankees facing the Phillies. We do have more coronavirus-related news. So, Pirates outfielder, or some actually good news. Pirates outfielder Gregory Polanco has been cleared to play after contracting COVID-19 earlier in the year. And Rays outfielder Austin Meadows has started attending workouts after contracting COVID-19. So, Austin Meadows was a stud last year, and he the Rays have already been raking without him. They're going to get even better when he comes back. And the Pirates have not looked too great so far. So getting Gregory Polanco back, who has really not been healthy since 2018, that'll be pretty good for them. Some uh, Another COVID-related news, Red Sox starting pitcher Eduardo Rodriguez is suffering inflammation of one of his heart muscles due to after effects of COVID-19. That sounds really serious. I, sending my prayers out to Eduardo Rodriguez, that inflammation of a heart muscle does not sound very pleasant or anything good at all you gotta hope he's okay uh reds infielder mike moustakis and reds utility man nick senzel have been scratched for not feeling well hopefully they just have a cold or something because we do not need another outbreak in the cincinnati reds as as much as i uh dislike the reds Rooting for a COVID-19 outbreak would be pretty evil for anybody who would be participating in that. 
And then some just not good, not bad, just confusing news. We talked about last episode, Nationals outfielder, young star Juan Soto tested positive for coronavirus. So since then, he's taken nine tests for coronavirus. Six have come back negative. Three have come back positive. That's the that's pretty worrying testing-wise that these tests may just not even work. Because that's pretty varying results there. Six negatives and three positives within a few days. I highly doubt he contracted coronavirus and then decontracted it and then contracted it again and then decontracted it and then contracted it again. Just saying. So the test, uh, that's pretty worrying. Everything's worrying, basically. Everything is worrying this season, if you can't catch what I'm saying. Every single thing that happens this season is worrying because coronavirus sucks. That's basically the moral of the story. Now on to some injuries. Two Texas Aces got injured over the weekend. Uh, Astros starting pitcher Justin Verlander suffered a forearm strain. Original reports were saying he was going to be out for the entire year, though Justin Verlander later came out and said those were false reports. He's going to be shut down for two weeks and hopes to be back soon, maybe I would assume within a month or so. And Corey Kluber, the Rangers ace, tore a muscle in his right shoulder and now he is out for another month not expected to come back until september that is a pretty big blow for the rangers their rotation's pretty decent though kyle gibson's solid and lance lynn is very good and mike Miner's solid as well so they're not i i'm skeptical Corey kluber was going to be good anyway i just think he might be done I, it's unfortunate but he's been so injured the past few years it's pretty worrying. It's unfortunate to see such a great pitcher go down so fast. On the transaction uh, market, Nationals signed infielder Josh Harrison. Not too big of a move. He'll probably be a backup second baseman or shortstop to Trey Turner and uh, Starlin Castro. He had a 22 WRC plus with the Tigers last year. He had a negative 0.6 war. Not particularly great stats right there. He hit 175 with a 218 on base and a 263 slugging percentage. He only hit one home run and eight RBIs in 36 games. Uh, he Josh Harrison hasn't really been good since 2017, so I, I doubt this move will be too big of a move. And then, this was shocking, and every single team should get on this right now. The Braves DFA'd starting pitcher Mike Fultanovich yesterday. That that was shocking to me. Um, he has been very good in the past. Every single team should place a claim on him right now, because he is easily worth it. Uh, he... He was just a he had a really good year in 2018. He had a, about a four win season. He hasn't been great since. Uh, the Rays kind of just ended his Braves career when they hit three home runs and scored five runs off of him. But every single team should be all over this trying to get Fulty on their team because he has the potential to be a really good like number two, I would say, on a rotation. Even your ace if your rotation's not very good. 
and especially teams like the the Orioles and the Royals, they should be all over this because this is just a great pickup, in my opinion. I don't see why you would not do this. Um, on the rumor, we haven't had very many rumors to discuss, but uh, Phillies catcher J JT Romuto, when asked about a potential extension, said nothing has happened so far regarding um, discussing extensions with the Phillies. I'm. I think he would. He should sign an extension, in my opinion. I don't know how good the free agent market is going to be, and we just saw Mookie get uh, three hundred and sixty-five million dollars. I think he should, at the bare minimum, ask for what Grandall got from the, from the White Sox. It he may and maybe he'll be able to push something out like a hundred million dollar deal. I don't know if I could pay him more than a hundred million dollars though, because catchers can be a little scary to give these super huge deals to but if i were the phillies i would honestly i would definitely extend him he's a top two catcher in baseball and he, there's no reason to let him get into free agency where you the phillies always seem to uh find a shinier object and kind of let their guys go trying to get a shinier object which may or may not be good for them um we're about 14 minutes into this so i think it's a good time i'm gonna send it over to my interview with stl sports central and then when we get back from that interview i'm gonna talk about the four players you should watch out for and we'll end it off there so here's my interview and i'm now joined by hayden from stl sports central a popular uh Instagram page that covers the Cardinals. How you doing, Hayden? Pretty good. Happy to finally be able to talk some baseball after the long, long break. Couldn't agree with that more. So we're going to hop right into it. Um, what are your general thoughts about the state of the Cardinals right now? After the opening series, I'm pretty confident. Every aspect of the Cardinals really, really shone th um, shine through in the first series. The offense was good, although it was basically just Goldschmidt and DeYoung carrying it. But um, bullpen, without their two best relievers, they're still able to do decent. But um, the um, – I, I can't say that guy's name. Um, Kim Quang. Kim. Uh, he did not have the best outing, but I'm fairly confident in him going forward because when you're, when you're thrusted out into opening day for your first save – uh, I don't think you can let that dictate what he's going to do for the rest of the season. But uh, starting pitching, Jack Flaherty, just amazing, as you'd expect. Uh, Dakota Hudson, not so much. <laughs> but overall, I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident that the um, Cardinals are going to be able to put something together this season. They just need, they just need the offense to keep going because the pitching is the one constant the Cardinals always have. Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty safe to say for Hudson, he's the fifth best starter on this team. He's probably is the you should expect the least out of him. And I'm ex I'm personally ecstatic to see Carlos Martinez back in the rotation because that's really well, where I, he belongs. You're kind of underrating Hudson. He had he had 16 wins last year. The peripherals aren't <laughs> peripherals aren't great. I mean, I I hope that's sarcasm. I think I'm sensing a little uh, sarcasm from you. No, he had 16. He had 16 wins. He has to be the number one starter. <laughs> led the all NL rookies and wins last year. 
I'll I'll stick with my numbers and you you can stick with the wins. Um so something that's been intriguing me for the past uh, few months there was a before spring training started there was a little weird a kind of some weird reports about Yachty like not like if we don't extend him he's going to go somewhere else. Do you buy that? I feel like unless Molina asks for a crazy amount of money that there's no way that the Cardinals let him walk because he's up there in terms of fan status with Bob Gibson, Stan Musial, and Ozzie Smith. So unless he's asking for a ludicrous amount of money, I don't think there's any way he goes. So I think the main, the main reason he brought up that he'd leave is just for contract negotiation purposes. What, so what, get, um, what would your personal um, offer for him be? I would offer uh, $7 million a year for two years. That's the highest I'd go. Because any higher, you just hamper your future and you limit what you can do with the roster. So speaking of the future, I feel like we've been talking about the heir apparent to Yadier Molina for about four or five years now. It was originally Carson Kelly, then it was Andrew Kisner. Now we're talking about Yvonne Herrera. So what can you tell me about Yvonne Herrera? Is he going to be the future catcher for the Cardinals? Well, right now he, he looks really good. And he's only 20 years old, so even if Molina takes five more years to retire, um, he'll be ready to go. But it seems like Molina, he's been expected to retire for maybe three or so years now, and he just won't go, which is good to see because Molina is always always fun to watch. But at the same time, just those catchers waiting in the wings, just waiting for a chance to play, and then Molina just keeps on staying. So... I don't know what they're going to do with Kisner. He's already 25. Uh, I'm not sure if he's even going to get a chance to play until maybe three years from now. So it's a tough position for Kisner, but I really think Herrera is going to have a really good um, good shot with the team. Because even if Molina, st- like I said, even if Molina stays five more seasons, he's only going to be 25. Yeah, and my, my heart sinks personally every time I look at Carson Kelly's numbers over in Arizona because we really... I think he's going to be easily just a top 10 catcher in the league for the next 10 years. I, I, It's unfortunate he never got a shot in St. Louis. You could say the same for like guys like Luke Voigt. But again, they were never going to get playing time anyway, so you can't feel too down about it. But at the same time, they're just such great players now in their other teams. It's a little disheartening, but we'll get over it. Um, I feel like Carson Kelly had to go though. Molina. Yeah, just, that, that's yeah. what I was saying. Like, there's no way he was ever gonna get playing time in St. Louis. Same with Voight. Looking back, at first, a lot of Cardinals fans, myself included, thought that Goldschmidt trade was a steal, which it still is based on how the Cardinals could have utilized Weaver and Kelly. But I think it's a lot more even now. Maybe you could even say the Diamondbacks came ahead. Yeah, I. You could definitely argue that. So now. Um, I think the the thing I'm most excited for this season is going to be a crapshoot. The Cardinals could finish first place. They could finish fifth place. We have absolutely no idea what's going to happen in 60 well, games. Well, it's not going to be fifth. There's no what? way. The Pirates. The Pirates are trash. Fair. But the, the thing I'm the most excited about this season is for Dylan Carlson to be called up. So what do you what do you expect the changes to the lineup look like when this guy has to start when he is called up? Yeah. I don't know. That's a tough situation for Mike Schultz to be in because – Obviously, he's very close with Dexter Fowler. That's why he was brought in. Like That's why Matheny was fired, partly, because he'd have a handle on the clubhouse. And now Mike Schultz close with Fowler, so I don't think there's any way Fowler gets 
sat unless he's absolutely just sticking it up. But in terms of the rest of the outfield, I don't really know how they're going to do this because Bader, Schultz really values values Bader's defense as he should. But I don't know. If he keeps on batting like he has this season, I don't think he's going to see much time. But for uh, Lane Thomas, too, like they need to give the all these people time, but there's not mm-hmm. enough spots, especially with Carlson coming up, too. They just have one too many spots. And if Fowler, if Carpenter eats up, they're gonna have the, they're not gonna have the DH spot to um, kind of create a some somewhat of a fourth outfield spot, putting Fowler or somebody else there in the fourth spot. And with O'Neill, I don't I don't know I don't know how they're gonna shake that out. I think maybe uh, Fowler right, O'Neill left, Carlson center, but right now like three games into the season, it's really hard to. Uh, guess where we're going to be at when Dylan Carlson does get called up. Yeah, and um, maybe something that happens is I know Edmonds' defense is great, but he, I don't think he's going to keep up exactly what he did last season because I think he's going to be kind of like the lead Miss Diaz a few years ago. He had a really good rookie season, but he, mm-hmm. he it turns out he's kind of an average player. Maybe you put Carp at third and I don't know, some, something to try to make... Uh, your infield defense is already great. I don't think putting Carp at third is horrible. He's not horrible at third. He's just not great. Try to optimize the best offense possible since the defense has gotten so good in the past few years. There's a, You're right. There's a lot of things Mike Schilt could do. But we'll keep talking about Carlson. What are your expectations for Carlson both like this year, short-term, and the long-term, his career? I think like everyone who watches the Cardinals and everything you hear about with everything you hear about Carlson, your your expectations are sky high. Like Cardinals fans are expecting him to like win an MVP in his first season, which I don't think is going to happen. But I think he's definitely the future of this team. He's going to um, what was it? Uh, NL scout called uh, Dylan Carlson the best Cardinals hitter, best Cardinals um, prospect. Um, what? Since Pujols, right? Yeah, no, yeah. Or was um, since Pujols, yeah. I thought it was Tavares, but... And, well, speaking of, like, it seems like over the past decade, the Cardinals' top prospects, they get these super-hyped prospects, and they just get so unlucky. Like, what happened with Tavares is just awful. Alex Reyes is one, probably the unluckiest person I've ever seen in my life. Like, he was supposed to be a stud, but he just can't... Whether it's his fault or not, he just can't stay healthy. Carlson really has the opportunity to be the first top echelon prospect for the Cardinals that we've seen break out into what we expect in a pretty long time. Like you said, Pujols was, he broke out 20 years ago. Um, I just hope they don't call him up and let him sit on the bench like they did with Thomas last year. Or, or yeah, and O'Neal. Like, he didn't get any playing time either. So, yeah. Now we see with the playing time. We, we got to pray a... Carlson gets playing time. I think Schilt will be pretty heavily criticized if he doesn't uh, give I think Carlson. The only place he plays is center because he's still close with Fowler, and then O'Neill's not leaving the outfield. Yeah, I, I sure hope so. Um, now we talked a lot about the offense. Let's move along to the pitching. What would you like to see specifically from the Cardinals' starting rotation this year? Just to keep on doing what they did last year. 
If they do that and get a little bit better offense, they're going to win the division easily this year. Yeah, I mean, I think their rotation is possibly the most underrated part of their team. Flaherty is blossoming into one of the top pitchers in the league. Carlos Martinez, he's been unhealthy, but when he's healthy, he's one of the better pitchers in the league. Wainwright still has shown he can pitch quite above average, if not to a pretty good level. Michaelis was just, what, top five or six in Cy Young two years ago. And Hudson has potential. I think this rotation could prove a lot of people wrong. Yeah, I think that uh, replacing Hudson with Gomber is the best rotation possible. But if Hudson rebounds from his first start, I don't have a problem giving him some more outings. Well, and they did they put Kim in the closer role, but he, he was a possible starter as well. So, I, well, if he continues to struggle, that's what I would like. To, I And Hudson, if he struggles and Kim struggles, I wouldn't mind if they switch roles, but we, we have to keep letting That's it. a problem with the short season. Like, you don't want to give them too short of a leash, that's but with it being true. such a short season, you kind of have to. So I, I'm kind of going to wonder how Mike Schilt um, kind of battles that line, like how he's going to play it. And on the topic of pitching... Uh, we'll talk about the bullpen. What relievers are you most excited to see pitch this year? Definitely excited to see the uh, Giovanni Gallegos try to continue what he did last year. And then Ryan Helsley to get some more outings. I really liked what I've seen from him when he pitch, when he's pitching. So hopefully in this, if he with finally being on the roster for a full season, not a full season as in, the full games, but um, the full year that he can finally uh, show what he can do over a larger sample size. Yeah, and you got Alex Reyes. Hopefully, he can come back and uh, be very good out of the bullpen. You have guys like Andrew Miller. Hopefully, he can be a little better. Um, and then Ganton Ponce de Leon. I like both, both, especially Ponce de Leon. He's probably one of my favorite pitchers on this team. I. I think on a lot of other teams, he would actually have to be like the number four or five starter on that team. The Cardinals are just, there's so many pitchers. Like yeah, Sometimes I'm thinking about like who they could use, and I, I uh, forget like about five of them. They just have, they're so deep. That's why I feel like the 60-game season hurts the Cardinals more than it helps them. Because over a 162-game season, the Cardinals are able to use their pitching depth to their advantage, which is pretty important in baseball pitchers go down like uh what's the saying uh what do they go down i don't know the saying <laughs> but uh yeah pitchers i don't know very many sayings either so i'm not gonna be yeah. much help and uh, yeah. we're talking about all these names and like john brebbia and john or jordan hicks aren't even playing this season like that <laughs> yeah. this bullpen I, it never seems to be as good as it looks i really hope it is as good as it looks this season they always seem to Try the closer always gets the job done for the Cardinals, but they try to do it in the most, um, the way that'll get you to a heart attack the, the fastest because it it's never a straight line with the Cardinals closers. It's always gonna give you a little stress. Opening night, opening night was a perfect example. Yeah, <laughs> Kim we, barely got the save. Yeah, we don't we don't get a uh, Kirby. Well, I guess he just blew a save, but like we don't get a Kirby Yates type guy who just shuts people down and. Well, I feel like part of the fun of um, the ninth inning is having your closer make it seem like you're going <laughs> to lose. That's part of the fun. I, 
It can be fun unless you end up losing the game. I mean, Rosenthal really did that. He really well. He walked. He walked like a batter every ninth inning. I feel like it, it all. I remember being excited when they signed Greg Holland, and that was also just a. <laughs> He yeah, fell flat on his face debut, about every single debut time. Against the, debut against the Brewers. Oh, and we we can't talk about terrible relievers without talking about Brett Cecil either. I mean, he's not yeah. on the team anymore, but... Yeah. He, I, he literally tried to throw sidearm to save a screw here. Back in 2017, I went to a game in Pittsburgh, and he blew that game, and I never have forgiven him since that. So, <laughs> um, Now we're going to talk about what we've seen from the Cardinals. We already went into this a little. What are the things you've liked about the Cardinals in the first ser- their first series against Pittsburgh? Uh, I really like what I've seen from Tyler O'Neill. Uh, going into the season, I knew with more playing time, he could definitely provide a lot of value, but he's really, really done well this year so far, the first series. I think a lot of that has to do with his chase percentage. He has the lowest chase percentage on the Cardinals. Really? That's crazy. crazy. I did That's not know though. that. I was looking at that today, and I had to double check to make sure it wasn't an error. Because that's just <laughs> not what you expect from a guy like Tyler O'Neill who swings at everything. Well, and I think Goldie's only struck out once too, which is much. But he that was one of his biggest problems last year. He just was swinging and missing like we've never seen him do in his career. Um, also another guy. I mean, Paul DeYoung has just been mashing. Whether it's an out or it's a double or a home run. I think if you look at his baseball savant page, he's like top five percent in like every single thing. Like he's yeah. been killing the ball so far. Um, what about some things you maybe are worried about or have disliked about the Cardinals in their first series? Uh, I do not like how they have uh, Edmund um, batting second because oh. I don't feel like he draws enough walks to be batting that high. I was thinking. Also, uh, I think the Cardinals. Four, five, six hitters are more frightening than their one, two, three hitters, yeah. which I don't yeah. think should. Uh, four, understandable, but like Carp should probably be up there, even though he I hasn't been they, great yeah. so far. I think you need to let him do yeah. his thing. Does he have one hit? Carpenter's one hit that double. I think so. I, I he hasn't been good so far, but it's been three games. I think he should be up in in the top of the lineup. I hope that they stuck with the basically the same lineup besides um, Thomas the first three games. But I hope that after that loss she'll kind of switches up the lineup like crazy. Because I feel like well, that is not a very good uh, order they have. And I don't like... Uh, batting like yeah, I was just about to say that. Good. I don't like that. I. But also, three games in, I'm not sure if you change it. But then it's 60 games. So, I don't know. I hope well, she'll change it at all. That was one of the most uh, frustrating parts of the NLCS last year. The offense was doing nothing, but the lineup stayed the same every single time except game four, which we they were basically already out of Well. It. The thing is, that worked all year, keeping it the same. So you can't really fault them too much. Chill. That seems fair. Um, so this is more of a future outlook question because this year, I don't know how much this year is actually going to tell us. So what do you think the Cardinals – when do you think the Cardinals will peak with this kind of crop of players they currently have? I think in about maybe two years when we have – Maybe no, maybe three years once Carlson's up for a couple years and we have Herrera up. I feel like that's going to be the best team. Maybe I think Goldschmidt might still be under contract. Gorman, Wait, too. He definitely will. He definitely will. Goldschmidt will. We'll probably have Gorman and, and Libertor up, too, in three years as well. Yeah, that's going to be crazy. So Herrera at Ketchu, and you might need to help me out here. So Goldschmidt at first, 
and then Wong, DeYoung, if Wong doesn't, Gorman. It could be someone else because Wong's a free agent well, this year. Who do you replace Wong with, though? I mean, he might he might resign, but it, well, it could team, be Wong yeah, or team option. There's a team option too. So DeYoung, uh, have, Gorman, yeah, outfield, and it's O'Neill, Carlson, uh, Bader, center maybe. Hopefully Bader has it figured out by then. But then where's Thomas? I think like they have to trade somebody. They're gonna have to trade somebody. Well, yeah, they're gonna trade one of those four. Yeah, yeah. yeah and um, oh, we also forgot about DH. That could be where Thomas is as well. Oh yeah, yeah. I, uh, know, I that, think Thomas. Uh, Gold, Goldie might good. be there in three years though. He might be the DH. You might know more about this than me. Out of I know Bader's the best. But out of O'Neill, Carlson, and Thomas, doesn't like Thomas have the best defense? Um. O'Neal is really, really good, like underrated, because he's one of the fastest players in the MLB. I didn't know that yeah. until he has like 99th percentile <laughs> like sprint yeah. speed, which is crazy. He's definitely faster now. I, it's that cut down on weight, uh, muscle. He cuts the muscles so he can be more flexible. Yeah, Stanton did the same thing, and it's yeah. working for him so far. <laughs> um, yeah. So now we're gonna get into the good stuff. We're gonna kind of go, and Jose Martinez just hit a home run. That's cool. Um, what are you? We're gonna go. I'm just going to give you something to predict. So this one should be a simple yes or no. Are the Cardinals going to make the playoffs this year? Well, of course. Over yeah. half the teams are going to make it. <laughs> yeah. I do, Oh, yeah. I want to actually talk to you about that. What are your thoughts on that? It's not Cardinals. Well, it kind of is, but. Well, I feel like I understand it for this season since it's shortened. And with not with, only, with it only being a 60-game season, there's not enough games to kind of guarantee the best teams make it. So I don't. I feel like the um, MLB didn't want to risk a team like the Yankees or the Dodgers and the Nationals not making it because of some fluke, fluke occurrence happening in the short season. Except- and also, I think it's about um, improving the revenue, making up for the lost revenue of the short season. Yeah, but the thing is with the Dodgers Yankees point. But now they could just be out of the first round, and like it's gonna kind of suck. Like. The last year, the Tigers and the Orioles both beat the Yankees in a three-game series. Like literally, anything could happen in a three-game series. Yeah. So I don't love that it's three games. I think I'd prefer from the future maybe like twelve teams where there's two wild card games per league. Because wild card games are amazing; they're spectacular to watch. Uh, I don't like it. One game really determine the whole. Like 162 games. Well, that's why you win your. That's why winning your division is so important. Mm. I don't want it to turn into the NBA where we're letting every single decent team in. I want oh, yeah. to. I like NBA the exclusive part. I also matter for NBA. You already know who's gonna win. Yeah. Anyway. Um. So back to the predictions part. Are the Cardinals going to win the National League Central? If there's not some sort of coronavirus outbreak in the clubhouse, I think they definitely will. Okay. The red. The Reds overrated. The Cubs. I'm not sure. I'm kind of. I'm really biased against them, so I really don't know if they're good or not. <laughs> Cubs and then the Brewers only have Yelich. Like I feel like Yelich is their. Um, oh, their line. If Yelich does well, the Brewers do well. If Yelich is bad, the Brewers do bad. I mean, like, yeah. Basically, um, his success. I mean, the Brewers' success is hinged on Christian Yelich, which I don't feel like makes me very confident in them being a threat. Yeah, when I look at their lineup, the only two guys I I think are pretty I actual threats are um, Yelich and Hira, and everyone else yeah. is just kind of meh. Yeah, and their start, starting pitching is... Yeah, they have Woodruff, and then it kind of 
deep. And then the bullpen isn't that great. Of course, they have Hader and um, Knable, but besides that, I'm not I'm not really threatened. So now we're going to start giving out awards for the Cardinals. Who's going to be the Cardinals' relief pitcher of the year? Uh, that's a tough one. I think I'm going to go with Gallegos. Yeah, he's on the roster now, so he should, yeah. whenever they're in a close situation, I'm hoping to see him in this twin series up which I'm kind of worried about facing that lineup, but that's a topic for another day. Who's This is probably very obvious, but you may go with a hot take. Who's going to be the Cardinals' rookie of the year? Uh, hmm. Not Carlson? Maybe. Uh, I got to go um, Kim. Oh, I really? I going to get called up soon enough. Cause really? Because the Cardinals aren't going to want to risk him being super too eligible. Okay. That's fair. I I did not expect that from you. Yeah. Especially uh, with the large group of outfielders the Cardinals have, I'm not sure they're going to be feel like um, inclined to call up Carlson because then they're going to be forced to sit like Thomas, Bader, or O'Neill, or even Carlson on the bench. Mm. I mean, to be fair though, there isn't a uh, they're not playing minor league baseball this year, so they might rather even Carlson sit on the bench than just be going and playing in whatever alternate site they're Aren't whatever they doing they're doing squad games yeah they probably are i mean that, that's probably true um who's going to be the cardinals cy young award best pitcher this year uh clarity I even, yeah i don't have to think about that yeah. one at all and then finally most valuable player for the cardinals who's it going to be i'm gonna have to go it's a pretty hot take but yeah paul de young that, what that, that's so what far, i would say yeah he is so hot right now. One of the best defensive shortstops in baseball, and plus his offense, he has a high, high ceiling. I think he, he needs to work on his tagging. I think he can be an annual <laughs> five. Yeah, the tagging, that's pretty important. I think he can be an uh, annual five-war guy every single year, five-win guy leading the Cardinals. I don't think enough people talk about him. Um so, now we're going to talk about playoffs. How far in the playoffs are the Cardinals going to make it this year? I'd say at least the NLCS, but I'm not yeah. really sure because I haven't seen how, like, the – I know, like, how the – which teams make the playoffs from each league, but I'm not sure how the tree looks like. So, um, I'm and, still going to say NLCS, but I'm not sure. In my personal playoff bracket, I have the Cardinals making the NLCS and losing to the Dodgers, so I would have to yeah. agree with that. I think um, like the Cardinals are, like – the second best team in the NL, arguably. Yeah. Either them or the Braves, I would say. I I don't think it's um, the Braves are getting blown out currently. They don't that's look true. like the same team. But they just the other day, yesterday, they were blowing out the Mets. So well, that's I, the Mets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, this is a probably a non-related Cardinals question, but what is your world's? Who? What two teams are going to make the World Series, and who's going to take the crown? I see. The Yankees and Dodgers as the best teams. And Agreed. I'm not sure who's going to win. I think maybe maybe the Yankees. Yankees, they seem more threatening offensively. I don't think they have the no, – I'm not sure. I, I, I have the, the Yankees. Yankees. But they're pretty evenly matched, Yankees-Dodgers. I, I took the Yankees for this year's World Series. I just think uh, their offense, I would give it the slight edge over the Dodgers, even though they have Betts and Bellinger. I just think from what I've seen, all of them are super motivated to – and if Stanton hits like he did in 2017, I think it's all over. I yeah. think it's no so contest. Far this year, he is killing the baseball. Yeah, and that's going to be a big factor, big X factor for the Yankees. 
Okay, so this is my final question, and we can uh, ramble on after this if you want. But um, what? Give me one hot take regarding the 2020 St. Louis Cardinals. Cam uh, will be second among Cardinals pitchers in WAR this year. Ooh, wow! So, do you think he'll get moved like to the rotation partway yeah, yeah, through the year? Definitely, okay. he should. Yeah, he should. agreed with that. Okay, well, thank you for coming on the podcast. Um, you. I mean, this his account is so much larger in audience than this podcast probably will ever be. But if you're listening, you should definitely go follow his uh, account at uh, STL Sports Central on Instagram. I'm very appreciative of you being able to come on because this is I I've been following your page for years and it's kind of cool to talk to you. I appreciate it. I always like hopping on podcasts, try to get that experience in. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I'm going to send this back to myself. Okay, I think that interview was pretty good. I hope you guys enjoyed that. So now we're going to get on to the um, four players that I have impressed me the most. Number four, Dylan Bundy looked really good in his first Los Angeles Angels start. He pitched six and two-thirds innings, only gave up one run, struck out seven, and didn't walk a single batter and didn't give up a home run. Dylan Bundy went almost seven innings without giving up a home run. That is a miracle. This guy had some potential to be good with the Orioles. I'm rooting for the Angels. I want to see Mike Trout in the playoffs. So horribly bad. I'm hoping Dylan Bundy can be good. And Shohei Otani as well. He had a... Yikes. Five earned runs without getting an out. That is not what you like to see from a guy as hyped up as Shohei Otani. Number three... Dansby Swanson, the Braves shortstop, he has a 0.3 war, two home runs, seven RBIs, and he is top 10% in expected batting average, expected slugging percentage, expected weighted on base average, and barrel percent. He has been mashing the ball, and he's really helping the Braves when Ozzie Albies and Ronald Acuna Jr. and Freddie Freeman, I think, I think all of them have been pretty bad if I'm remembering correctly the top three in the um braves yeah freeman's freeman oh freeman's been fine but ozzy albies has a 579 ops and acuna has a 368 ops and he's struck out in more than 50 percent of his plate appearances so far acuna has looked horrible the acuna i've noticed acuna and chris bryant those are like two really good players who have just been absolutely horrible so far i'm expecting both of them to step it up later it's only been three or four games but they've just looked they can't hit they look like horrible (laughs) that's all i can say horrible 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 um number two i was talking bad about a cubs player i'm gonna talk good about a cubs player anthony rizzo oh he has been just crushing everything he sees he has a 0.5 war already he's at three bombs three RBIs, and he's top 10% in expected slugging, expected weighted on base average, and barrel percentage. He is just, he's been carrying that Cubs lineup. The Cubs offense has actually looked really good so far. Their bullpen, not so much. They almost blew an 8-1 to lead. Very fun to watch. Craig Kimbrell continue to not be good, but we shouldn't talk about my bias against the Cubs. Rizzo has been I, I still think people underrate him, which is really weird considering almost everything the Cubs touch gets overrated by every single 
Cubs fan on earth. But Anthony Rizzo should be talked more about than guys like Javier Baez. I just think he's more consistent, and he's... I would take Anthony Rizzo on my team any day. He seems like a great guy. Um, and number one, the player who has impressed me the most so far is the 40-year-old DH Nelson Cruz has been annihilating everything he sees. He is a 0.5 war, three home runs, 10 RBIs, and he's top 5% elite elite numbers in ex-woba barrel percentage and expected slugging percentage i don't know how this guy continues to do it but he he cannot stop hitting he's 40 and he is still it, it amazes me the twi- that was such an amazing pickup by the twins so so um underrated Nelson Cruz could have a huge market. I think he's hitting free agency this upcoming offseason. I may be wrong, but I'm pretty sure um, he signed a one-year deal um, and then re-signed another one-year deal. I'm actually going to check this because I don't want to go on about something that doesn't matter. But if Nelson Cruz can hit... Um, yes, he does. He Okay, he signed a two-year deal a year ago. So he's he is going to hit free agency. The NL has the universal DH now, and I think that's here to stay. If the, all 30 teams are going to be vying for Nelson Cruz, I get he's going to be 41, but if he mashes yet again, why wouldn't you sign him? Every single team should be going for him. Like, no, how many teams can you tell me have a their DH position completely filled up? I'll take I'll take the Yankees as an answer. I'll take the Red Sox as an answer. Really, who else could say, my DH is better than Nelson Cruz? Maybe the Astros with Jordan Alvarez. That's about all I can think of because you should be, every single team should be going for this guy. And that is today's podcast. Um, Just a lot of coronavirus news and not too much to talk about uh Transaction-wise, I don't want to start overreacting to anything considering we're four games into the season. So I'm not talking about what teams are like doing amazing and doing horrible so far because it's literally been a few days. Um, but I hope you guys enjoyed Episode 7 of Baseball Ramble. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, you should turn notifications on so you can... And um, I don't know what the terms are, but you should subscribe or follow to my podcast on spotify or apple Podcasts or any other podcast uh, app you're using to listen to this so you can get notifications whenever my podcast comes out every tuesday and saturday if you're on youtube you should like you should comment you should subscribe it it'll really help um and i i just want to say at the end of this podcast a special thanks to Hayden or STL Sports Central for coming on and he, he says he he told me after he loves doing these podcasts so I really appreciate him coming on to mine um, and that is it for today so I'm gonna go binge watch baseball for the next part of uh, nine hours of my life uh, you guys have a good day